Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of IIoT Make, a podcast series where we talk to industrial IoT leaders from all over the world about products, platforms, business models, and innovations in Industry 4.0. Our leaders come from various backgrounds, ranging from startups to large organizations who are driving innovation in industrial IoT. And if you have questions or suggestions, you can write to me at iotmake at gmail.com. And if you do not want to miss out on any of these episodes, uh, do subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes by searching for IIoT Make or going to the website iiotmake.com. Today, I'm thrilled to have with me Steve Hilton. Uh, he is the co-founder and president at Mac Nation, a leading insight services firm researching Internet of Things middleware and platforms. His primary areas of expertise include competitive positioning, marketing, media development, cloud services, sales channels, etc. He, ha- he serves as a, a steering committee co-chair person of the services provide working group on Cisco's IoT World Forum. He has more than 23 years experience in technology and communication marketing. Prior to MacNation, he built and ran IoT, M2M and enterprise practice areas at uh, Analysis Mission. And he has held various senior positions at uh, Yankee Group, Lucent Technologies, TDS and Cambridge Strategic Management Group. He is a frequent speaker at industry and client events and publishes articles and blogs in several respected trade journals. Let's welcome Steve. Hello, Steve. Welcome to IIoT Make Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ravi. Thanks for having me here. The, the pleasure is mine. So, Steve, uh, before we begin, um, I, I, I gave a brief uh, overview of your background and machination, but help us understand for everybody who's new to MacNation, what what MacNation is? Sure, Robbie. Well, at a high level, MacNation is a research firm specialized in testing IoT platforms in our hands-on test lab called MITE, uh, M-I-T-E, but we pronounce it MITE. So we're in our sixth year of business with clients mostly in Europe, the Americas, and Asia Pacific. Our clients really all have one thing in common, They want to deeply understand IoT platform capabilities from a company that tests and actually uses IoT platforms ourselves. Excellent. And I'll come to MITE and uh, understand what it is. But before that, I want to start, open up with a broad question. And uh, there are more than 500 IoT platforms um, in the market today. Uh, But with my experience, I know each one is different from the other. Uh, in their offerings or in their positioning. I mean, that's, that's how they want to position. Everybody wants to position themselves uniquely uh, and also different. they solve different kinds of problems altogether. Uh, since competitive positioning is your expertise, how do you see this ecosystem structured and how are IoT platforms different from each other? Well, it's a really good question, Ravi. Um, the devil is in the details often with IoT platforms, so it's actually very hard to know what the platforms can do. I think at the high level, when I think about sort of categorizing platforms, I ask myself, okay, is the platform focused on the cloud or the edge? That's the first question I ask myself, because usually you can you can sort of tell. Um, the second thing I asked myself is, is the platform focused more on device management 
or data management. If you look at just sort of those two characteristics, cloud versus edge, device management versus data management, you can go a pretty long way in taking those 500 platforms and putting them into, into boxes. At a high level, that's sort of the way I work it. Ah, so these are your broad categories. So quite interesting at that. So cloud and edge. So you mean to say there are platforms which are specifically operating at the cloud level and then there are platforms at the edge level. Uh, and same is the case for device and data management. That's, that's exactly it. Now, I mean, a lot of platforms, frankly, say they do all of it. But at the end of the day, they tend to be good at you know, one thing or the other. Either they came from sort of a data management and data heritage, and so they're good at data, or they came from a device management heritage, and so they're better at device management. Same thing with cloud and edge. You know, did they sort of start as a cloud platform, and therefore they really are pass? Or did they start sort of, you know, from the edge, right, and have the capabilities at the edge and then sort of build the cloud? So that's usually the way I, I start the analysis. Great. So let's go back to uh, MIT or Mac Nation. So um, there are many ways to position or benchmark uh, IoT platforms in the market, right? So we have, I mean, if, if customers need help, they would go to Gartner Magic Quadrant to see, okay, which are the leaders or which are the uh, laggards there, or they would read the Forrester report for help to see how different platforms are positioned. Um, so in this regard, how does Mac Nation uniquely add value in positioning or benchmarking these platforms? Sure, Ravi. Well, I think there are three ways to evaluate IoT platforms, right? Three methodologies or approaches. The first would be like a Gartner Magic Quadrant or a Forrester right, report, right? We call those industry surveys, and they are generally analyses that compare IoT platforms at a fairly high level. Right, so you know, there's the magic quadrant, there's the Forrester Wave. We have one, right? We we call the Machination a scorecard, right? Enterprises use these kinds of analyses, these industry surveys, to get high-level insights into technology that the enterprise might want to further investigate. Generally, these kinds of surveys are best used prior to the enterprise doing an RFP process, and sometimes even prior to the enterprise building a proof of concept. Right. So the industry survey, it provides vendor and technology level information, right? Fairly high level information, but does not provide details about the IoT products subcomponents. Right. Um, this is frankly the only kind of evaluation that Gartner does or Forrester does. Um, but interestingly enough, there are two other types of evaluations that Gartner Forrester and others never even touch. But but MacNation does. The second type of evaluation, we call it a functional evaluation. A functional evaluation is a hands-on analysis of the capabilities and usability of a platform. So those evaluations, a functional evaluation is conducted by a researcher in a test lab with the skills to actually use the, the IoT platform, right? So these evaluations, they're hands-on analyses of the capabilities and usability of an IoT platform that's offered by various vendors. Um, and of course, they need to be conducted in a lab where right, the, the, the testers have the skills to use the technology. The third type of evaluation we call a performance test. And a performance test of, of technology of an IoT platform assesses the production scale durability of an IoT platform. So you're literally testing how the platform functions um, sort of at peak load, right, or or 
at you know almost nothing load, right? You sort of test the boundary conditions, fully, fully, you know, stacked up or you know almost empty. Um, enterprises use performance testing to stress test the technology to ensure that the platform will remain performant, um, you know, when it's stressed. So there's really three kinds of evaluations that uh, enterprises can rely on. Uh, did you miss on the scalability? Because that is that is also what I read. So there is capability, there is usability, performance, and scalability. These are the four uh, kinds of tests you do. Am I right? Okay. So 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 no. So so when I say performance testing, that is scalability, Got right? It. So what you're doing is you're instead of testing a platform for two or three or five or ten devices on it, you're you're testing a platform for a hundred thousand devices. Five hundred thousand devices. That's what you're doing on a platform. So that performance testing, that third type of testing, is, I guess, it's also called scalability testing. So thanks for thanks for pointing that out. Got it. So just since my audience could be also IoT startups, now when you are comparing two IoT platforms, one is a robust uh, platform, maybe say Siemens Mindsphere or Cisco's. Uh, IoT platform, the big ones, and then there are a plethora of small ones, right? So when you test them, uh, it's unfair. You can compare functionality uh, testing between the two, right? So because their scope of the feature offerings will be limited, but could they still outperform the bigger or the smaller players could outperform the uh, bigger ones on certain parameters of your testing? I mean, uh, my, my question is, uh, do you have uh, testing amongst players of similar size or uh, maturity, or how does that go? Oh, it happens all the time that startups, small players, have better capabilities, better functionality, better microservices than than huge platforms, than large players. Happens. We we find that all the time, and which is so exciting, right? Got it. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's good to keep in mind. There is no such thing as a perfect platform, a platform that is best in class across every microservice that could be in a platform. doesn't happen, right? And, and do you publish these reports uh, publicly or is it uh, a paid reports that one can have access to? How, how does it happen? Well, so, so reports from our mighty test environment, our test lab, um, are up on our website, um, and we we do charge for them um, a small amount just because you know for every platform we test it takes about um, a week of developers' time to test the platform so it's a pretty significant commitment um, but we charge a, a a small fee for that report it's up on our website at macnation.com slash m i t e Got it. And if uh, a platform player would like to be evaluated or tested by you, uh, what are the ways that they can reach out to you? And how, oh, how does that, this entire engagement work? Um, well, we'll make sure that we put some of the links um, um, down below, below this podcast. But I think the easiest way to, once again, through our website at macnation.com slash contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T. Um, and so we, we test... IoT platform vendors platforms um, in our test lab, we can publish the results, and we do. A lot of the vendors that we test want their results publicly available in our Mighty report on our website. However, some vendors don't, right? 
Um, and certainly um, industrial enterprises that have built their own platforms, systems integrators that have built their own platforms, telecommunication operators, carriers that have built their own platform often don't want um, the results published. So in that case, we keep the test results private. We only share it with the client. But we can do either. Got it. Excellent. Uh, my next question is, uh, with all this experience of testing and evaluating platforms, what have been your biggest insights in all these years? What makes for a good IoT platform in your experience? <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, we touched on a little bit. I think there are two main findings. You know, the first finding is that one size does not fit all. A good platform you know, depends on what capabilities or microservices you need in the platform. You know, that's the stuff that we test in our mighty test lab, right? So it depends also on, you know, whether a platform is good or not depends on the type of platform users, or we call them personas, right? And different types of users use IoT platforms. I mean, we talk about five types of platform users, right? There's a platform administrator. That's the person that's responsible really for sort of the overarching platform itself and the way the platform is set up um, and sort of, sort of maintaining control over how platform functions. They're platform operators. Those are generally more sort of operations technology people or business folks who are using a platform to get data out of the platform or to see charts and graphs and analytics. Right? They're also system and hardware developers. That's another type of platform user, right? That's the type of person like who's really responsible for making sure that IoT devices can talk to a platform, doing all that initial setup and the firmware and all of that. There's platform and backend developers. Those are the folks that connect a platform to other backend systems and other applications. And finally, I, I mean, I guess there's also UI UX developers who touch platforms and make sure that sort of the interfaces, the dashboards, um, the consoles, you know, look and feel good in the platform. So when you say a platform is good, well, it also kind of depends on who's using the platform to say whether the platform is good or bad because those people have different you know, requirements of a platform. So I think that's the first finding. One size doesn't fit all in a good platform. The second finding is, well, I think as you said before, where there are 500 platforms in the market, and really the only way to know an IoT or to know IoT platforms is to use them, right? That's why we've been testing platforms for almost a couple of years now, right? All IoT vendors marketing iot platform vendors marketing is marketing right you can't completely trust their marketing and frankly even when they respond to rfps you can't completely trust those right because their responses are usually you know we are fully compliant right so you have to use the platforms i think Robbie, those are the two findings that we've had over the years Got it. So um, just to clarify, when you say one size doesn't fit all, does it help for a platform to position itself uh, uniquely if they are uh, very focused on, say, solving uh, certain kinds of problems uh, so that way they, they can stand out and say, you know what, we are really good at uh, one or two use cases instead of being one size fits all. Is, is that a fair assessment? I think it's fair, and it can either be, as you just described, Ravi, which is by use case, right? In other words, for a platform provider to say, okay, we're really good at factory automation, right? Or we're, we're really good at smart city, right? 
to sort of have those use cases specialized by use case, or the other way, the platforms specialize horizontally by technology, right? They can say, okay, well, I'm really good at edge analytics. That's what we're really known for. Or really, we, we're the experts in machine learning, right? Or we're the experts in, um, you know, device management. Got it. So I agree with you. I think there's, you know, two ways you can sort of specialize vertically or horizontally. Could you also specialize in uh, industries? So you can say uh, we are good at, uh, say, energy or we, could, we are good at shipping or uh, something like that? Um, you can. I mean, keep in mind that for us, a platform is a horizontal piece of technology. The, the application that's built on top of the platform can be industry-specific, right? So like in energy, you know, smart metering or demand response kinds of, you know, applications. It, that would be an application sort of at that highest level, sort of built on top of a platform. Um, and in order to be able to sell yourself as an expert, in your staff, you have to have energy experts, right? And you probably have to have, you know, sort of not only the platform built around that solution, uh, around that, that vertical, but you have to have your marketing built around it and you have to have professional services built around it or at least partnerships and professional services built around it. So, Got it. So the core platform should be industry neutral and the applications is what uh, defines uh, your industry focus, isn't it? That, that, that's that's what we believe yes got it got it excellent um my next segment is which is something that i'm very impressed and it has helped me uh, find a, a reference point for myself and that is the mac nation's uh, iiot reference architecture uh, which defines the functional components of an enterprise iot platforms so uh, i just i'm curious to know how did you arrive at a functional architecture of that sort so help us understand if you can uh, sh spend a few minutes in helping us understand how did that come up and is that the most uh, relevant uh, functional architecture and does it qualify uh, to, so that architecture qualifies for an IoT platform to be a true platform by itself. Right. So all, all good questions. First thing, if anyone wants the architecture, we make it publicly available on our website. So you can find that also at macnation.com slash architecture. Um, so you can just go and, and grab it from there. Um, I, I mean, we, so our functional architecture tightly defines the 31 functional building blocks of an IoT platform that are broken into the three overarching layers of a platform, right? So there's sort of device, edge, cloud, right? And there's in those three layers, there's 31 functional building blocks. Um, so those building blocks are things like you know, machine data normalization, protocol adapters, edge data storage, management APIs, data APIs, ingestion and routing, et cetera. So there's, you know, we, and the reason that we created it, to be honest with you, is sort of, as you just said, it's really helpful not only to have an architecture, but to have each block in the architecture defined very tightly. Because then, you know, when you go and you talk with your, you know, you know, product management team, or you go talk with your engineers or development or your operations folks, you can use a common set of definitions for each microservice, for each building block um, of the technology. And that's really, really helpful. Does a, I think you also asked, does a platform have to have all the functional components to qualify as a true 
um, IoT platform? Uh, not, not necessarily. I don't think you have to have all 31 functional building blocks to be an IoT platform, but, but I will tell you that, that the best-in-class platforms have pretty much all of them. So it's, it, it may be not um, necessary, but it's certainly helpful. Because I think at the end of the day, if you're an enterprise building an IoT solution or a series of IoT solutions, um, it's helpful to be able to get sort of this middleware sort of stitched together from one source. You can buy middleware from several sources and stitch together, but you know sometimes that adds even more complexity to an implementation. Got it. So as I said, this is a great uh, reference architecture for uh, IoT startups. However, I can, it can get quite overwhelming uh, to see, oh, we need to be good at all these 31 functional components. What would also help uh, for most IoT uh, startups is uh, to understand how they can have a, a roadmap in a phased manner. So out of these components, if they would know, you know what, these are the core four essentials and then you can, this, this is how you can gradually move towards uh, this vision of a full functional uh, capability of your IoT platform. So I do not know if you have something that in mind, uh, because if this is this if if somewhere someone has to refer this for their uh, platform uh, product strategy, it could be very difficult to know where to get started from. So do you have something in mind where uh, where you can actually guide? You know what? Out of this thirty one, get started with these, and uh, then you can build uh, rest along the way. Well, so so if you if you literally have nothing, right, and you're starting with a blank sheet, which doesn't happen too often. Usually, we find technology middleware companies that have some of the components already, and they sort of go from there. Okay. So, so let, let me start with your question, which is: if you completely have nothing, uh, probably the anything in sort of data management. I'm sorry, anything in device management is really really important. Um, and difficult to accomplish, and I think you know, you know, folks that focus in that area or want to start focusing in that area can make some great progress. We still need a lot of help in that space. Um, alternatively, um, you could also start more focused, sort of on edge, if you really have nothing. So, you know, for edge, I mean, the basic components you would need would be like an edge rules engine. You need some kind of edge data storage. Um, sort of analytics capabilities. Um, you need some protocol adapters and a way to um, normalize the data. So I guess machine data normalization for the edge. You know, those would be helpful things. Uh, and then some kind of way to deal with device connectivity. Um, so that that's sort of, if you have nothing, I guess those would be two of my recommendations. So sort of edge-focused or device management-focused. Usually, though, to be honest with you, Robbie, when, when device... I'm sorry, when platform companies come to us or middleware companies come to us, they usually have some existing platform components. For example, they may already have some microservices related to management that aren't really specific to IoT. Um, so, you know, they choose to sort of IoTify, right, their device management. And then they also build other services around device management that would accompany um, device management to make up a platform. For example, they'd sort of layer on some additional access control capabilities. They might layer on some analytics and data management, some event processing, 
build some integrations that would make sense, things like that. Excellent. Thank you. That that was quite helpful. Yeah, I think I have asked all of my questions that I had in mind. So uh, this is this was great. Again, uh, thanks, Steve, for your time. And if uh, people were to reach you after listening to this podcast, what's the best way to get in contact with uh, Magnition? Uh, well, you can you can um, go to our website at magnation.com slash contact. Or if you just want to email us directly, you can email info info at macnation.com. Excellent. And all the references that Steve's shared in the conversation, we will be putting it in the show notes on the website uh, once the podcast is published. So thanks again, Steve, for your time. Thanks a lot, Ravi. Thanks for having me.